Hi, uh, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, uh, my name is Jayant, Jayant Varma. Uh, I run a company called OzApps, uh, Oz as in Australia, because we're based there. And we make uh, applications for mobile phones, mostly for the uh, Apple ones. Uh, when you say make applications, do you, do you focus on games or is it just a whole bunch of different applications? Uh, well, uh, let's, let me put this way for bread and butter. We make applications and uh, for uh, keeping ourselves sane and uh, you know, <laughs> interested in the market, we make games. Right. Uh, what inspired you to make, um, uh, ha have you always made games or is, this, is the mobile platform the first time you started making games? Oh, I mean, you just asked me two questions in one. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think my age would start showing here when I say that uh, I used to actually play games on the uh, Spectrum. I don't know if many of the <laughs> listeners would have heard about that. Uh, that used to be something which was made by Sir uh, Clive Sinclair in the 1980s with okay. a Z80 processor. So, I mean, uh, gaming was something which I come from the old uh, era of gaming, the 8-bits. <laughs> yeah. So... Yes, gaming was there, but uh, for quite a while I was an enterprise developer. I was the IT manager for uh, BMW in a few countries. So it has been like a gamer as a kid and then uh, into enterprise development. And then now when you ask me about mobile, uh, yeah. well, I always knew in around 2000 that you know, I, I got my hands on the uh, iPad. And I thought, this is it. Microsoft has hit the nail. You know, They're going to make it big. Yes. But unfortunately, they never... Did much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I was just saying is that there was a small error from 2000 to 2003 or four when uh, Windows Mobile was big. Yeah. After that, no, I mean, it was still selling, but it wasn't really big. And then iPhone just cleared the market and said, this is the standard. And um, so, so you've been developing then mobile apps since 2000. Mm, I've been playing around with it, yes. And, um, you know, how, how was it when you first started out in mobile apps? Uh, because from what I can tell, it wasn't really fun before, uh, I mean, when they had all those different devices. Or, or did you primarily just develop for Windows CE or Windows um, Mobile? It was only for Windows uh, Pocket PC at the time. They called it 2000 or 2002. Yeah. And Microsoft had these uh, things called EVB, Embedded Visual Basic. Okay, yeah. Uh, it was brilliant. It worked perfect. Uh, there were no issues. Uh, Compaq used to make the hardware, and Microsoft used to sell the software as such. And that's about it. Uh, CE, uh, no, what do you call uh, Palm, was yeah. one of the other competitors, which was really the big market. But I don't know. I was never a fan of Palm because I think one, they were uh, black and white, and yeah. secondly, they were too small. I mean, the size of the screen, not the company. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. When you were developing for Windows uh, uh, Pocket PC, were you developing games then too, or were you primarily focused on enterprise apps at that point? Uh, at that time, I actually looked at the potential of enterprise apps, and I was actually trying to play around with enterprise apps, uh, yeah. although I was using it personally for games. And one which still uh, sticks to my head was Slay. And when I saw it on the uh, iPhone, I was like, yeah, that guy has come back, and he's really done a good job with it. Yeah. And... Okay, so so you you know you've played games, but you were mainly focused on developing enterprise stuff. What what was it that finally converted you to say, hey, um, you know, we should actually make games? Was it was it partially the iPhone 
kind of gold rush where people are like, oh, make a game, make some money, stuff like that? Or, or what, what inspired you? Uh, I wish it was the gold rush because I haven't <laughs> seen uh, the G of the gold. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and as far as uh, why, uh, it's because it's fun. I mean, enterprise yeah. apps at the same time are like the same. You enter a name, you enter some information, yeah. it's, it's the same repetitive stuff. So you don't really use the potential. I mean, like, where would you use the accelerometer? Where would you use uh, to use all these new uh, things you can do with it? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you could just be playing other other people's games. So what? Um, so, but but something inspired you to actually do it. So so you started making these games, and um, what what was your first game that you made for mobile? Uh, my first game, which I made for uh, the Apple uh, iOS, was RoboRun. Yeah, it was a game based on reaction timing, and I remember when I did that, it was like I am new to the uh, iOS or Objective C because I've programmed in uh, C, C plus plus, and Visual Basic, but never in Objective C. Yeah, and I have never worked with Apple now. I have a Mac for a while now. What do I do with it? So I made the game, and I was like, I hope it works. And uh, surprise, it got through, and it actually sold well. Oh wow. Um so how did it feel? Well, first of all, how long did it how long did it take to make the game? Uh, this is funny and strange. It took me about exactly seven days to do that. But when <laughs> I say seven days, it's not uh, seven times eight hours a day. <laughs> it was yeah. seven times nearly sixteen to twenty hours a day. Yeah, I mean that that's usually when it um, when you kind of make the breakthroughs that that actually makes a successful game. Um, uh, it so happened is that it was over the Christmas break. And uh, because we had this week's holiday, I was like, I'm going to do it now. Because if I don't do it now, I'm never going to be able to do anything. And when did you, when did you release RoboRun? Uh, I think that was around January. Now, I can't recollect the date. It was last year. Okay. And um, once you released it, what happened? Uh, so that was uh, your first I was game. so excited about the first sale when somebody actually bought it. Yeah, yeah. How did how does uh, that I wish feel? I knew the name. <laughs> I wish I knew the name. I would have sent him an email saying, "Thank you for having bought my game." <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's let's talk about what the game was about. Um, mm-hmm. So it took you seven days to make it, and you know, sixteen to twenty hour days, which is awesome. Um, but what's what was the game about, and and how did you come about uh, that specific type of game? Okay, this is, uh, again, very strange because when you want to make something, uh, most of the developers who actually make games have a concept in mind and they work around it. Yeah. Uh, I work a little haphazard on this one. <laughs> so it was like I want to do something because if I don't do and I don't take, make use of this uh, time over Christmas, then I'm not going to be able to do anything because I'm going to feel uh, you know, tortured mentally that I've not been able to do something about it. So I said, okay, I'm going to make a game. And uh, I started quite ambitious. <laughs> okay. And at the end, uh, ended up with like, okay, let me try something really simple. So I actually sat down, drew the graphics uh, on paper, scanned them in, sized them up, and said, okay, this is what it's going to be like. The game is about robots. They're going to try to escape. And uh, you've got this big electromagnet. You press the electromagnet, and they stop in their tracks. Yeah. So I want to make these guys run, and I want to press this and stop them. Well, easy concept, nice concept, and easy to make. Uh, do you want to know some challenges I faced in this? Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> because, <laughs> Aside from uh, staying so, awake, right? Like, <laughs> that's part of it, right? Uh, yep, no, because this is the simple bit. The yeah. interesting bit is actually that when I started to program, uh, generally, uh, most of the languages use a waterfall model. It's like 
a serial, you know, you this happens, then this happens, and this happens. Sure. Or if you're using a event-based system, it's like, okay, this will happen, this will finish, and then something else happens. But in the Apple SDK, when I started off, I didn't know this. Uh, it actually takes everything, sends it to the renderer, and the renderer does everything. So even though you might have said stop moving, and the next line is like remove it, uh, what happens finally is it just removes it. Yeah. Rather than first doing the animation and then stopping and doing it because uh, that's how oh, the yeah, Apple yeah. renderer system works. Okay. So the challenge was that, okay, how do I get this to work? Because if I was writing this for Windows or something else, it just works. <laughs> so out of the seven days, three days went into graphics. Okay. Two days went into trying to solve this uh, issue of how can I get them to work sequentially rather than uh, in parallel and then one or two days was actually behind the whole thing and what was um well, what was the solution to getting it to work sequentially oh. you just have to use timers or something or uh, no i as i said because i was kind of new to objective c i didn't know what it can do and what are the different ways of doing it uh, there weren't many sites at the time that you could refer oh, to oh yeah yeah there wasn't much source code nobody wanted to talk much about <laughs> it and stuff <laughs> I uh, went from going bald <laughs> sure. because I was tearing my hair out. Uh, what I did, I actually kind of uh, learned that you can actually call, uh, what do you call it, functions by name. So I would actually say, okay, call this function, set a flag that I'm still doing something, and then send it back saying it's not done, so don't do this as yet. Okay, well, it, gotcha. was, it was messy. Let me put it this way. <laughs> okay. So so after the seven days, you um, you know, you have this completed item. What? What were you thinking at that point? And at that point, have you before Robo Run? Did you release any other apps or games on um, iPhone? Uh, no, Robo Run okay. was the first one. Sure. And okay, so so after the seven days, you you have something that's working. Um, were there were there any issues with the gameplay? Did you have to change anything? You know, like you said, you kind of started and it wasn't completely clear. What were um, some other things you had to change to make the gameplay work? Uh, honestly, they said that. I was trying, uh, because I don't work like most of these, uh, how do you call it, uh, organized game developers. I sure. test my game every step. I run it, check it out, and see if it's all there or not. So I didn't have this issue of gameplay. I didn't have to change much, really. Okay. Uh, however, I did get a few comments later on when people bought the game saying that uh, <laughs> it didn't work in certain things and so on. So I had to put a patch. I don't know what the issue was, but I made a patch on it and I said, okay, this is it. It works fine now. <laughs> okay, great. And um, so you released it after seven days. How long did it take for it to get approved? I think it got approved quite fast. I think it was about four or five days. And um, so you got an email that said that it's, it's live on the store then? Mm-hmm. And um, when did you get your first sale? Like... Uh, that was, I think, immediately after that. Somebody uh, bought it in the U.S. store. Nice. Oh, yeah. So, so let's let's discuss uh, how much did you price it at? What was the price? Oh. And yeah, and what okay, did you decide? Uh, yeah. Yep. Now I'll tell you about the pricing and everything. Uh, I priced it at ninety nine cents U.S., uh, which in the Australian store was one dollar nineteen. Okay. And the reason for pricing it that was just to see the dynamics. Actually, if you look at uh, my first few games, they were all kind of uh, experiments in learning yeah. a few things, learning about how the games work, how the store dynamics work, and how does the market really react? I mean, can I make those millions? Yeah. 
And um, so, so you didn't you didn't consider doing ads or something else like that at that point. Uh, I wasn't aware of them, if I tell you honestly. <laughs> yeah. So you got your first sale. Um, so you're really excited. What did you do next? Uh, I was so excited that I said I'm going to make another game now. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, isn't that yeah. obvious? It's like, I mean, you're high on something and you say, yes, that's it. I don't want to come down. I want to go more higher now. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the question is, is do you work on your next game or do you just work on improving this game? You know, like some of the games on iPhone, what they do is like they just keep on iterating. Like every week uh, they'll yep, just no, have a new patch or a new I've, release. Yep, no, I've actually gone through that uh, scary thing. I'll call it, I'll tell you why I call it a scary <laughs> thing. Uh, because in enterprise apps, when you create an app, you kind of say, okay, you know, I wish I could add this because, and it's kind of an uh, iterative uh, edition. Yeah. For 17 odd years doing that, I never wanted to do that. It's like if it's done, it's out of the door. I don't want to see it for a while. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll never get to do something else. At the same time, though, if you do that, you kind of build a brand around your game. You know? And, and so uh, you, you talk about the millions. If you think about games like Pocket God or Doodle Jump, what they've done is they've just constantly iterated on the same product and just given mm -hmm. people updates. I mean, uh, yeah. so... Um, but but you you just didn't want to. It was more of an experiment, and you really don't want to think about a game once you're done with it. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you. I think you've not got me right here. Is that I said that time it was more of an experiment. It was like, look, I have a game. I want to put it on uh, iTunes. Yeah. I want to see my name up there in iTunes and say, yes, I have a game to my name. I want to build up the profile because as I said my bread and butter is not from games. Yeah, my bread and butter is actually from developing apps which come into the enterprise uh, type of things. Um, okay, so so what was the next game you decided to make? Uh, the next game was a little more ambitious. It was an isometric uh, puzzle called Dark Horse. Okay. Uh, I don't know if uh, you've actually <laughs> seen that because this one, I, I'm actually trying to say something here, that this one still sells about three to four copies daily. Awesome. Uh, which is awesome because uh, I'm not one of those, uh, what do you call it, angry birds or uh, cut the rope kind. <laughs> so, I mean... Three to four is really good for me. Yeah. And it's a free game. And, well, then, so how can you sell copies if it's a free game? I right? mean, like, downloads. Oh. What I meant was, like, oh, it still okay. is, people are still downloading it. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. And um, how long did it take you to make that game? Uh, nearly the same time. Oh, good. So, so you're, you're used to the quick development cycles. So that's, that's good. Mm -hmm. And um, were there any other challenges when you were developing the isometric puzzle game? Uh, yep, I would get the uh, pieces at the wrong place because when you're working with isometry yeah. uh, and you want to move the puzzle uh, or a piece on the uh, coordinates, it's not easy because you have to actually get it one and a half times and then half the height and so on. So yeah. just a little more maths and sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> did you did you have to, and you did all of this in Objective-C then, the isometric mm -hmm. engine? Uh, yep, all of this w was uh, Objective-C. Okay, that, that doesn't seem too fun, but hey, you got it out in about seven days, so... I had no option really at the time because uh, I knew that it's there's only one thing called Objective-C if you want to do something <laughs> for iTunes. <laughs> um, great, so, so you finish it um, and then you release it, and what happened then for that? Uh, what happened then was it just spiked. I think in the first week I had 700 or 800 downloads and I was like over the moon, 700, 800 downloads in a week, this is amazing. Yeah. 
And um, what were you thinking after that? Were you thinking about um, improving that, adding different puzzle levels, stuff like that? Or were you thinking about doing the next game? Uh, no, no. At that time, I was so excited about it, I wanted to add more things. Yeah. But as I said, that the challenge of the isometric and things was like, okay, I need to learn a little bit more before I can take on this game because what I need to add to it will need a little more understanding on my path. Yeah. And at this point, I'm kind of like, I've done it, but I'm not there yet. So I need to do something more to understand how it works. So I was like, I want to do this, but I want to wait before I get back to it. And, um, okay, so you decided to wait. What uh, Then what did you do next? Uh, I mean, because I was seeing this, uh, I... Okay, I need to tell you a little bit about uh, before I started my next game, what I did. <laughs> I uh, spoke to the uh, AUC. Now, AUC is the Australian uh, Apple University Consortium. Sorry, not Australian. Apple University Consortium, okay. which is a group of uh, universities in Australia. I think you also have that in the States, but the group of universities in Australia that actually get together, uh, they are actually funded by Apple to use Apple products and uh, impart Apple training. Okay. And they were the ones who actually uh, I had attended because I was with uh, a university here in Australia. So I had gone and attended a iOS development workshop where I learned about that I could do something with it. So I told them that, look, I mean, I attended your workshop in September. I got my 99 or 120 Australian dollars uh, license from Apple to develop in October. And uh, in January, I've already released games. I've got three or four titles out and they're selling good. Yeah. So they did a kind of an article on me in their magazine called Wheels for the Mind. Okay. So the uh, person who interviewed me, he was also, uh, he writes for a lot of uh, different uh, websites and stuff. He's a freelance journalist. So he kind of uh, spoke to me and he said, do you intend to do more like we're doing now? I said, yes, I want to. And then I went back to saying, yes, if people are looking at it positive, then why should I not make more games? So I worked on the next one, which was Farmer Fred. Yeah. <laughs> which is to date one of my biggest sellers from the ones that I have. It was a simple game. Uh, if you want to describe it in three words, Mastermind for Kids. Okay, Master. Uh, is, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Mastermind is one word. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's mine. Have you played that? Oh, which which design? Uh, no, no, Mastermind is a game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't so think I've played that game. So, um, so it's, it's basically a kind of a combination of different colors, and yeah. you're supposed to guess what the color might be. Okay. So it's Mastermind for kids. So instead of colors, you get an animal, you get uh, food, nice. and you get some time. So you can select. It's just a random selection of three things, <laughs> and you select which one is uh, which. And you oh, get okay. ten tries. And, um, and how long did it take you to make that game? Uh, you were expecting me to say a week, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, no, I was going to say three days. I don't know. I just. <laughs> and the week sounds good, actually. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took me a little more than that. It took me a week and three days. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, because uh, I was trying to get instead of drawing the graphics by hand, I said, okay, I'm going to do something different. As I said, that each game of mine was an experiment. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's so, an awesome awesome way to look at things is to just keep on releasing and keep on learning. Um, yeah, okay, so so go ahead. So I worked on the graphics saying that I don't want to do uh, graphics by hand. I don't want to do graphics in Photoshop kind of applications. Uh, let me try vector art. So I downloaded Inkscape and tried to make something in vector. 
So if you look at the graphics, they were more vector kind of graphics. Okay. And uh, it just using the normal uh, the UI slider, use those uh, you know autometer kind of things. Uh, why am I missing the name? <laughs> uh, so I mean, they just kind of uh, put graphics on them, and you could scroll them, and sure. it just worked. And it was uh, it looked good, and it and I was reading some other games uh, in a similar genre. Uh, they said that uh, most of the games, when they would you know the kid would lose or not do, they would say you lost or something. Yeah. And this was something I learned uh, from reading reviews is that never say you lost, especially when you're talking to or dealing with kids. So it was like uh, if the kid got it wrong, it would go oh, and the kid would know that okay, he's done wrong. Yeah. And it'd say try again, or if you finish, then it says oh, it's the end of the day, you're out of turns, try again, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing rather than ha ha, you lost. And yeah. Um would you say that uh, what, what were other differences in the des- design decisions that you made that you think um, kind of helped make the game successful? Uh, it was an experiment. I don't know. I'm did still you, trying to look for answers. <laughs> did you? Well, what category did you put the game in? Um, did you put it in the kids section or was it in another? I did put it into kids. Yeah. And I did put it into games, entertainment, I guess. And um, so you released a game. Did you decide to at that point, did you decide to charge for it or was it going to be free? Uh, no, I did decide to charge for it. As I said, that I was trying to look at the dynamics. So I said, okay, is the kid market a market where people spend money? Yeah. So, yes, uh, I think that is a market. So if you release something for kids, uh, there is a likelihood that you might get 50% converts. That's that's pretty high, right? Oh, uh, yep. Okay. So how did... How did you? Did you have a light version and then you had them? No, no, no. When I said convert, I did not mean a light and a paid version. I mean yeah. convert in the sense like if you look for something, you might the fifty percent people looking for might buy stuff for kids. Oh, okay, gotcha. While uh, if you and I, if you're not looking for kids, might just buy something because it fancies uh, or tickles are fancier. You say, oh, I like this game because it is, you know, cool. Yeah, yeah. So fifty percent of the people would buy it for kids is what I meant. And well, did you consider having a free version and then uh, a paid version? I mean, you talked about experimenting, so um, was that was that a possibility? Uh, f- for Farmer Fred, not really. Yeah. And that okay. is where I had this other game called uh, Hydrocarbon, which was released as a light version because I wanted to have a paid version with some eighty hundred levels. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then uh, again, as I said, it was I think too ambitious. <laughs> yeah. So it's still at the light version and it's free. Yeah. And this is the other one after uh, Dark Horse, which sells or other I mean, which people download in three or four numbers every day. Nice. And um, during this time, were you doing any experimentation with the marketing? Uh, not really. I did not know much about marketing uh, for the i market iOS market. Uh, and that is what kind of got me to think is that, look, here I'm doing something. Uh, when I started, I had no idea about the language. Yeah. I had no idea. You asked me, like, which categories. At that time, I just put into some categories that I th- thought were okay. So I had no idea about the categories. I had no idea about marketing. Uh, yeah. I did get a few emails from people saying, hey, if you want, we charge you $1,000. I was like, come on, give me a break. Yeah. If I make $1,000 out of it, 
I might think about giving you some out of it, but if I'm going to give you $1,000 for a free game, no thanks, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, things like these were not there. There was no kind of a support or something for uh, developers, or indie developers, I would say, not for developers, for yeah. indie developers. So the first thing that I got out to do locally here in uh, the city that I am in Australia, uh, I organized a few uh, iOS, you know, how to program kind of camps. Yeah. Uh, I kind of let people know that, look, you can make, it's not a big deal. You can do things like these. Uh, I was also invited by AUC for XWorld 2010. I did a workshop on uh, programming for iPhones. So my idea is that, as I said again, is I, I can make money from a lot of different activities. I want a lot of people in this. So my thing was that, okay, let me share what I have learned the hard way so that people don't have to go the same hard way. And um, how, how did how did those uh, workshops that you did locally? How did they work out? Um, how many people showed up, and what you know? What was the general consensus and feeling uh, that people had in terms of uh, even developing apps there? Like, what were their concerns? What were their hesitations? Why was it that you were the person that actually was able to push through and get an app out, whereas they needed to come to a tutorial or something else? Well, even I did go to a tutorial or something. The only difference was that uh, I got the chance to go and learn it from one of the other people. Okay. And all of these people came and got to learn from me without having to go out of the city and pay for it. And did you, um, you know, did you keep in touch with the, the people that you met through this, um, through the local workshops? I mean, was that was that kind uh, yes. of like your support network or your developer network where they gave you ideas and experiments or? Uh, no, they didn't give me anything because most of them were like, yes, you know, we, we know that this is something that will help us later on because these were basically students. Oh, okay, uh, nice. I also kind of teach at the university. So these are some of my students and some of them who were people I know from the industry. Uh, and all of them were like, yeah, this will help us in the future. And I do not see any of them having used it as yet, maybe because it was not a high price thing like Nerds Ranch or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe if they paid a big amount, they might actually use it somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, a lot um, during this time that there were other tools in 2010 that came out, mm -hmm. like um, Accelerator or Unity 3D or um, Corona. Did you mm -hmm. look at any of the third-party tools to help accelerate the development? You know, you were already going fast enough with like, you know, seven to ten day development cycles. But did you look into other things um, just to maybe accelerate your development? Uh, yep. I did look into things because, as I said, that uh, I was also a Visual Basic programmer for a while. So it oh, was yeah. like, if I can do it in Visual Basic, I can, you know, kind of like make a <laughs> prototype and it just works within the next 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Then why should I take a week to do the same? So I actually sat down to kind of dissect and say, okay, where, where is the uh, lag? Where am I losing time? And I found that the first thing where I lose time is graphics because graphics really takes a lot of your time. When you say graphics, do you mean the actual artwork or just rendering um, animations and all that other stuff? No, no, no. Not, if you're not even animating, let's say we have static images, just images, okay, the artwork, gotcha. backgrounds, uh, just the sprite and whatever. Okay. That's why my first few games are really, really basic. They don't have much in terms of uh, backgrounds and foregrounds and animation. Okay. Now, the second thing that takes time is music, finding the right music. Because if you have a silent game, it's not fun. Yeah. 
So you need some kind of uh, music like or you need some kind of sound. Gotcha. Uh, even if it's a small little TikTok, which kind of gives you a sense of, uh, you know, that you're running out of time or something, really helps. Or even sound which says, okay, feedback, that you have pressed a button or you have selected something. Uh, the third thing which takes time is the actual gameplay, the whole concept. So, I mean, if you say that yeah. I would spend a month thinking about a game and then knock it out in seven days, no. I mean, I, the whole thing took seven days and it would be like, okay, this is what I have in mind and... This is how I'm going to do it. So these are the things that take time. So the first thing that I try to actually do, and I'm still trying to do, is find people who would like to collaborate. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's a big void because developers think they are great. Uh, <laughs> the art guys think they are great. And when you talk to people, say, hey, let's collaborate, you should look at the quotations that come up. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you, um, you know, for artwork and music, first of all, for music, there's actually a lot of, or there's some sites, like sites like Sound Rangers, where you can buy royalty-free music very cheaply. Mm-hmm. And then even for artwork, you could have maybe even bought, um, you know, stuff from iStock Photo or pre-made artwork. Did you look into that to um, to help accelerate development? I mean, because these, these aren't necessarily that expensive. We're talking about 5 or $10 dollars. Mm, yep. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, now, when you say five dollars $10, I mean, let me uh, run you through, not me, but one of my students, if let's say he or she starts trying to be an indie developer. Definitely. They have just finished uh, university. Yeah. They have uh, hex debts, which is like kind of uh, your uh, debts you would have to pay <laughs> your uh, fees. Okay. Right? After that, they have to buy a Mac. Yeah, Because most of the people can actually get kind of PC laptops or PC desktops from parents or friends or wherever. But if you want to develop, you need to have a Mac, even a Mac mini. Uh, in Australia, we pay the Apple tax, which is about 20 to 25% extra on the US prices. Okay. <laughs> Thirdly, even that $5 that you're talking about yeah. is a lot because they would be doing it. Uh, they would not be having a job. They would be doing this day in and day out. So it's yeah. it's not really a very rosy picture. Yeah. Now, looking at that, as I said, I was experimenting because I also want to write a thesis or a paper on uh, how the dynamics are, which we'll talk about later maybe. Sure. Uh, so what happened was I wrote to a lot of people on DeviantArt saying, yeah. hey, guys, I am making a game. This is one of my games which is really doing good. Would you like to collaborate with me? And uh, most of the people say, hey, that's fine. How much are you willing to pay? Uh, I was like, no, I am putting in the thing uh, of coding and other things. I'm putting in my time. So I would want you to put in your time for uh, artwork. People started dropping dead like the uh, birds you had in US, I think, a few days ago. They just sure. disappeared. <laughs> they were just yeah. not there. However, I found three or four people who really agreed to do that. And if you look at some of my blogs, there are some uh, images. There was this uh, wonderful uh, student uh, who's studying art in uh, Milan, Italy, uh, Daniel. He did a really good job. So I have his whole, he's done a whole lot of pictures for me for uh, Farmer Fred, the new version. But the thing is that I got sidetracked into so many things that I've still not been able to use them. There was another wonderful uh, artist from France uh, I'm not giving out names here, but uh, sure. oh, I'm here. Uh, she did this wonderful, what do you call it, uh, UI design and stuff. So if you look at the pictures, I mean, you would see that uh, it really looks nice. 
uh, unfortunately she got busy into some uh, other tasks because she's doing it for free so the whole thing yeah. has gone on to hold so what i'm saying is that there are those kind of possibilities did so you if the indeed uh, sorry uh, sorry, did you look into revenue share where you could you told an artist look i'll just give you 10% or 20% of whatever the revenue uh, is made well i said that we can discuss terms and sure. that is how i have a new uh, another one if you look at one of the other things called qt's uh, is a, another artist from singapore she does this really great art and uh, she wanted to uh, promote herself and her art so she said okay we can look into uh, revenue sharing Nice. Uh she got down into uh, <laughs> another of her uh, office tasks because she's also working for her bread and butter so she had something the time so that's again put on hold so it's so when you kind of like working collaboratively sometimes things just go on the back burner because somebody is busy with something else. Yeah. Well, when you say collaboratively you mean remotely, remote collaboration, not in-person collaboration. That might change the dynamics to the point where people might be more willing and enthusiastic to um stay motivated on the project uh, because yes. they're meeting you every day in person which yep. which makes a difference um mm, that makes a difference and again in where i am is a very small town in australia in north queensland it's a lovely place but it's a very small town <laughs> yeah as compared to sydney or melbourne uh then again i mean when you look at australia uh, compared to a population of maybe new mexico <laughs> oh okay. this totally different dynamics so I mean the city that I am in is uh, very small so I spoke to uh, some of the university students here unfortunately they have this air of uh, if there's no money in it I'm not interested okay uh, uh that's with the university they don't even let the students know about it unfortunately well the um so the other option is to just figure out how to make money from the games and then um use that to actually just pay for the artwork and pay for the other stuff so was that an option that you considered because i mean you were able to in you know 7 or 10 days actually start making money off your games anyways so maybe you could take it to the next level make enough revenue to uh turn it into a bigger business uh yep i did try that and that's how i came across admob and iad saying okay why can i not look at these options because they are free my games are free yeah. people are playing them they are looking at it so why don't we get something out of it uh with admob i have uh, made at least $13 okay. which is not uh, bad which is quite good compared to getting nothing for free games sure <laughs> so if and i expected people to pay a dollar for it i wouldn't have got $13 well what about iads is that i mean do you feel that admob's better than iads or uh the problem is that iads is only localized to the us market so i don't know i don't have a hang i mean i can't see the iads coming on my device So unless it's a little more globalized uh, I have to depend on AdMob for the rest of the world and iAd for the US. So are your AdMob revenues or can you talk about how much your iAd revenues are? Uh they would be about like 6 to 7 dollars a month. Definitely they are much better than uh, AdMob. Yeah. Um you know okay so you're you're making some revenue from advertising. Um mm-hmm. What are your thoughts um and and then um so what were your thoughts at that point um yeah um, I, as i said i mean each one of them is an experiment so my thoughts were yeah this is not going to make me a millionaire <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's not a bad start because i can at least uh, use this money for i mean but the same thing i mean if i ask an artist saying hey i mean i'm going to give you my ad revenues for the month 
uh, and they ask what's the ad revenues and I say it's like five to ten dollars it's almost like insulting them so I don't want to talk sure. about that <laughs> sure so yes unless it reaches hundred or two hundred dollars or maybe like million like uh, you know some angry developers <laughs> yeah definitely um so the other issue though is um you know we were discussing the third party tools uh, you mm -hmm. mentioned that um, artwork and music you know oh, were yes, right we got sidetracked <laughs> yeah yeah no that's fine and that's that's good to know because I know there there are developers that they need artwork and mm -hmm. for for some people that's you know that's the reason why they won't finish a game or they won't even start a game is because they don't have enough artwork to finish it. I think that um, your approach of using DeviantArt is one option. I think another option is that there are students who are looking to get exposure for their portfolio, so mm -hmm. you know this is a way where they can put their art into something that's actually in use, which gives them a boost. Uh, you know, maybe not financially immediately, but it definitely looks a lot better on their portfolio. It's a live portfolio. And, um, okay, and that's good. And then finally, the music, and the music you can actually buy sound effects for a dollar or two dollars, right? Like, oh, no, actually, I found two people who, uh, two students who actually want to break, they do some kind of uh, good music. They're based in the UK. Uh, they have both uh, come back to me with some really good music and stuff. Yeah. And uh, one of them I've actually used in my new release of RoboRun. So when uh, the splash screen comes up, you actually see his name, Aaron Spencer. He's really good. Yeah. And, um, okay, so so you addressed, we, we discussed those two issues. Now, development, right? That's That was the uh, third yeah. thing, or gameplay, that actually took a decent amount of, or not a decent amount of time, but, you know, if you can optimize that, that's also good. So what what third-party tools did you look into? And um, what did you come away with those? Uh, what did you discover? Mm -hmm. I actually went through a whole lot of uh, things that I could find. I've tried uh, Coco2D. I've yeah. tried uh, Titanium. I've tried uh, App Accelerator. I've tried PhoneGap. Uh, what was that? Dragon SDK. <laughs> uh, I mean, I went through the whole lot that you could find. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I didn't try, I think, was Game Salad. Oh, yeah. Uh, because yeah. that's like... Uh, I mean, with due respect to everyone, the games look good and everything, but that for a developer, that's like an insult. I don't want a drag and drop kind of a thing. Sure. Uh, Unity 3D was something I didn't try. I mean, assuming that the ones I didn't try, I didn't try Torque. Yeah. Torque, Unity 3D, and uh, Game Salad because I didn't think these were the ones that I wanted because uh, I think Unity adds 16 megs or something to your yeah, game yeah. just for the... Uh, for the binary, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, I'm not looking at big uh, binaries. I'm looking at really small because my apps were really, really small. They used to be under a meg or so because that's how I wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, till the Retina graphics come in where uh, it, you know, screens just go beyond the one meg uh, barrier. Anyways, so I tried all of these and I found one that really tickled my fancy and I'm trying and experimenting with, which is Corona SDK. Yeah. Uh, for three reasons. Oh, sorry, you want to ask me something before that? Oh, no, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say, yeah, Corona seems like an interesting uh, a platform to develop games on. So. Uh, it also seems like an interesting beer. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> anyway, so the three things that actually brought me to Corona uh, was, one, I had heard about it initially in, I think, 2009, because when I look at my Corona uh, account, it says I was a member since 2009, but actually I got the uh, thing in 2010. I bought the uh, license. Nice. And since then, I've actually seen that the 
uh, what do you call it, the community in Corona is just growing. Again, yeah. I said for three reasons. One, you use Lua as a language. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't go into is Lua good or bad or anything, but I would say that it is much easier yeah. than uh, Objective-C. Definitely. <laughs> uh, it For people who've actually done Flash, it's more like ActionScript. Uh, okay. For people who've done uh, Visual Basic or the kinds, it's more like basic because you actually kind of uh, write uh, words. You don't have pointers. You don't have all that uh, add-ons. Uh, for Java developers, I think it would be similar because there is the concept of classes and stuff. So it, it's something that wherever you come from, you can kind of adapt to it. Okay. So that was one, that adaptability. Second was the speed in which you can... Uh, make something yeah. like this last night I was on one of the forums and this uh, other developer was trying to make a laser beam and uh, for some reason his laser beam was not working very right it, he said he was getting flickers and he wasn't getting these uh, objects you know he was not able to delete the objects they were like overlapping and there was a whole lot of objects on the screen uh, it took me about five minutes to write a sample thing for him and send it to him saying hey try this and it, he came back saying yeah that works perfect nice. so that's the kind of speed that you can get with uh, Corona. So what I did was, again, uh, I think it came in a year cycle uh, in January or December or January. I sat back and said, okay, let me try looking at Roborun yeah. and creating it for Corona. Uh, because I can sell it for the Android and I can uh, put it up for the iOS. So yeah. I kind of worked on it. It took me about three to four days. Because I was trying to get the graphics and other things updated and try a few more things to get the same gameplay that I had and also add OpenFind. So it's like two lines of code and you're done. <laughs> and so, so there's a leaderboard. And there's a leaderboard then for um, just scores. The moment then. you're on OpenFind, yes, you have leaderboards. You have uh, the game center kind of uh, into it. And all of that, you just have to, I mean, what took time was actually trying to understand how OpenFind works. So I had to go to the website, register, get the key, and then uh, create the leaderboards and all that stuff. As far as code was concerned, it was two lines of code and it just works. And, okay, so, so Corona seems like a, an awesome tool to accelerate development. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so have you made any other games in Corona? And, and how did the release, did, did you finally release the, the new version of Roborun? Uh, yes, Roborun has been released uh, for the Android and for uh, the iOS. How, how are people uh, liking the new release, uh, given that it's you know, developed in Corona and there's, maybe it's faster or slower or there's some other issues with it? Uh, I have not got any feedback as yet. Okay. Uh, but what has happened is that I've actually got uh, when I look at my daily uh, update details, I see that there are a lot of updates happening. Yeah. So that means all the people who had Roborun, the older one, are updating the new one. Nice. And so I assume that they're doing good because if there is movement, <laughs> it just means it's good. And did you, the thing is about Corona though, is you're not able to put ads in there, are you? Or were you able to put AdMob and iAds? Uh, you can kind of uh, hack and put something in there. But then Carlos, uh, who's the CEO of Corona, he's, he said that he's going to be coming out with something soon. Uh, and uh, on the Twitter, actually, we were having this big uh, discussion with a little bit of frustration saying that there's a new version which gives you in-app purchases, which is like, amazing, I can do in-app in Corona. Yeah. Uh, and we're still kind of like, a few of us developers are still waiting that, 
I hope this is not a joke and uh, we need the new <laughs> SDK. Where is that? <laughs> yeah. Because this would really open up a big market. Uh, for example, I can have my games where I can say, okay, if you go in-app, you can just kind of unlock and get the new uh, levels and stuff. This would yeah. be amazing. This is the thing that would really take Corona from, you know, let's say 10% to 70%, that kind of a boost spike. Yeah. I mean, what what are your thoughts on Corona? Do you think it is going to be the primary development platform then? Or... Um uh, for me or in general? In general, in general. Like, I mean, because uh, it general, seems like it's very popular, or I mean, it's very powerful. But like you said, if you can't put iAds in there, if you can't do in-app purchases, that's, you know, those are things that are going to prevent people who want to make a living to actually develop, you know? Uh, yes and no, for a simple reason that, I'll try to explain this, why I'm saying yes and no. I learned one thing is that uh, there were people who made the apps when... Uh, the uh, Apple SDK was in version 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, I think one of them was the iBeer or the iDrink. I don't know which one of them. Uh, the one where you could actually tilt your phone and you could actually <laughs> show people that you're drinking the beer off your phone. Sure. I have not seen apps like that made even with the iOS 4. So what I'm trying to say is that if somebody wants to do something, they can do it with all the limitations. Yeah. And uh, or I can actually sit and complain that only I, if I get the i apps uh, in app purchases and only if I get the i ad and ad mob can I do something. Uh, there are some really brilliant games, some really brilliant stuff being made in Corona. Uh, there was they, they've even come out with some source codes for two or three <laughs> games which are similar to the you know big selling games. Yeah. And when you look at the code, it's just so simple. I mean, so if somebody wants to start today. Uh, I would recommend that Corona is a good investment to start with. Did you, well, did you pay the $350 or how much ever it was um, before you even released your first game or did you just use it? Because I think you can use it to just test out, but when you want to actually publish to the um, Apple Store or Android, that's when you need to definitely pay. Uh, yep. Now, there's two things to this. that This is the new uh, thing that Corona has come up with where you can test it forever and ever, but only <coughs> sorry, only yeah. when you want to release it, you have to pay the amount. Uh, unfortunately, that was not true at our times. <laughs> okay. At that time, you had to buy it even to test it on your device. Oh, wow. However, I was lucky that there was something called the Academic uh, Edition. So you could get it for a cheaper price. And uh, I would say that, uh, thank you, Carlos, I didn't have to pay my $350. <laughs> um, what, about, what about, you said you tried out some of the other um, third-party tools like Accelerator and PhoneGap. Uh, did you find those useful or relevant to, uh, to make games? Uh, PhoneGap sounded good because it works across a whole heap of platforms. Yeah, yeah. But there are two issues with that. One, it's HTML. Uh, I'm not an HTML developer or a programmer. I'm not a JavaScript programmer, let me put it this way. So for uh, developers who actually uh, make websites and they want to make a game out of it, uh, PhoneGap is the best thing for them. So they don't have to learn new things. They know HTML, they know JavaScript, they can do brilliant stuff. Yeah. Uh, the second issue that I had was that it's not compiled. So what happens is that you can kind of uh, just hack into it and you can see the source. So it's not really uh, closed. Okay, got you. Um, what about Titanium? Was that, is, was that the same issue because it requires JavaScript? or? 
Ah, uh, no, titanium. Uh, I kind of gave up on big for a simple reason that I just couldn't figure it out. It okay. wasn't working fine for me, so I said, okay, that's it. I'm not going to spend time on this and waste my time. Okay. It doesn't work in the first ten minutes. It doesn't work at all. Um, so the thing about Corona is that you can also develop for Android. Is is Android a big thing in Australia? Is that something where a lot of people are getting Android phones, or, or what is the status of Android in Australia? Um, I mean, the the three basic Android devices that are really selling in Australia. You got the uh, rather big ones. You got the Optus selling the ZTE, which is a ZTE tablet. Then you got uh, Telstra selling one of these uh, Telstra T hubs, tablet hubs. They call it, I guess. Uh, and you got the uh, Galaxy S. And a lot of people are getting one of these three devices. Uh, because they come on a contract, a lot of uh, no, sorry, the Optus one is actually prepaid. So you pay two hundred and sixty-nine dollars or something, and you just take it home. Telstra also, I think, is two ninety-nine, and you take it home. But the point is, that a lot of people are picking it up because they're kind of cheap, yeah, and they look quite good. Uh, so, so you're saying they're they're overtaking iPhone in terms of popularity? Uh, not really, because it's it's something like I mean, this this is tricky. Uh, Hyundai is a good car. Yeah, but uh, do you say that Hyundai is selling goods, so it's going to overtake uh, BMWs? Not <laughs> well, really. Well, <laughs> th- there there are going to be a lot more Hyundai's on the on the road, right? So that's that's important if you're a developer. You're right. Uh, but might, at this point of time, <laughs> unfortunately, people are buying BMWs, not the Hyundai's. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's good to hear because in the U.S., um, I mean, at least, anyways, uh, Google has announced that their activations are actually. You know they're over three hundred thousand a day now. Now that's probably across the whole world, but you know it's it's now to the point where Android is overtaking iPhone in terms of usage. You know, in terms of uh, smartphone percentage. Not in the U.S. maybe, but in uh, Australia again, I, I don't have uh, numbers to back me up. But my sure. feeling, my feeling is that uh, an iPhone is still one of those coveted things. People want an iPhone because it's an sure. iPhone. Look, uh, an Android is like, yeah, it's just an Android. That is true, but you know, people want a BMW, but most people can only afford a high-end Hyundai. So, um, okay. uh, but in this case, I mean, yeah. affording a iPhone is not such a big deal because uh, I don't know how it works in the U.S. I mean, two ninety-nine is not what we pay here. Yeah. So if I go for a contract with one of my telcos, I get an iPhone for free upfront, provided I go on a twenty-four month contract and I pay a certain amount of money. So that's how I got my iPhones. I didn't pay for it upright. Yeah. Because paying $1,000 so expensive for me. Yeah. Um, well, the reason I bring this up is because, Android, have you looked into, um, you know, you were primarily focused on iPhone mm-hmm. when, you, when you started these games. Uh, have you looked into Android? And what are your thoughts on focusing on Android as a market for your games? Uh, when I got the uh, Telstra tab and the, I've got another uh, Huawei, I don't know how you say that, the Ideos phone, okay. I realized two things. Android is exactly where Microsoft was uh, in the 90s. They support everything. Yeah. I mean, there are no standardization on screen sizes, <laughs> no standardization on CPU. So this small little phone, Android phone that I have with me uh, struggles to run a few things. The Telstra tab, uh, the accelerometer was wrong. So when I was playing Labyrinth on it, I would press down, but the ball would go up. <laughs> okay. It was like... Sorry, what's happening here? Uh, more than Android, 
I, if I was a betting person, I would actually bet my money on the Windows Phone because that is something which is going to really take over in the market soon. That's, I mean, that's pretty, that's a bold statement because, you know, Windows penetration in the phone market right now, Windows 7 mobile, it's like 0.5%. So, uh, that might be the case, but uh, in how much time? Yeah, I mean, just, just a month or two. I mean, that's, to be fair, it is, it's just only been a month or two since it's released. And all the people who've got one of them that I've heard from say it is amazing. It is just amazing. So, yeah. Between Android and uh, Windows, I think uh, I would rather look at Windows 7, uh, the Windows Mobile. Yeah. Well, with uh, with Corona, you're able to uh, export to uh, to Android. So so you did you did publish it to Android. Mm-hmm. Um, Robo Run. Have you published any other games to Android? Uh, not as yet, because the other games are not yet made in uh, Corona as such. Now, when I'm porting yeah. Farm of Fred, the new version, I'm uh, porting QTs. Uh, they would be available for uh, Android. Okay. And, uh, the, and yeah. can I say something here? Is that, yeah. uh, I don't know, Google has to get their act right. Setting up something on the iTunes store was really difficult initially. Yeah. But now that is the de facto. It's just that simple. Android market is still something which is uh, confusing in the sense like I have my games. I've got two. I've got Roborun, which is at 99 cents, which is an older version. And I have yeah. Roborun Free, which is free. Uh, they're the same versions, but just one is 99 cents, one is free. I still cannot search for it from my Android device. You know, one of the reasons, I just realized this, but what, what version of Android do you have? Uh, this phone is a 2.2. Okay. And when so, I released so it, I released off. it. Oh, sorry, and I released it with compatibility for 1.6, so it should show on 1.6, on 2.1, and 2.2, but okay. it doesn't show up. <laughs> um, it, so, have you gotten any since, since it doesn't show up in the market? Have you gotten any downloads or any sales from it? Or uh, yes, that was the other interesting thing. I actually went and saw that uh, on the market, I had to actually uh, kind of, if somebody bought it, I had to go and say approve the sale or make a receipt or something like that. Yeah. And if I didn't do that, uh, they could actually kind of uh, cancel and void the transaction. So I had two sales and there were two returns. Uh, so I was like, I don't know how this thing works. I don't want to make money off the Android thing. I just want to put it up there. I want yeah. to put it up for free. Just download it. Cool. And, and then maybe later on you can put in ads or in-app purchases mm-hmm. once things go. So, so you're excited about Corona. What, um, so what's, what's in store for the future now? So you've, you've, you've been experimenting for the past year. You know, it's taken you, mm-hmm. uh, made you realize some things, started you on collaborations and other interesting points. Uh, what's, what's the next step? Uh, if everything goes right in the next two months, there would be about three or four games coming out from OzApps. Okay. Uh, there's one where I still don't know what to call it. It's a game where you are... We were trying to actually, as you said, you know, kind of developing on the Roborun thing. So you're a robot who's stuck in a market, uh, sorry, market, I'm saying, facility, and you have to escape from there. Yeah. So you've got all these kind of traps, and you've got keys, and you've got doors. So it's more like uh, a left, right, up, down. You have to move one square at a time and pick up things. Sure. Uh, I would soon have a video on my blog about it because I've kind of got it working. And what's, what's, the, address, know, what's the address for the blog for the listeners? Oh, right. Sorry, I didn't say that. My yeah. uh, address for the blogs are uh, blog.oz-apps.com. Okay. Or another way to get to it is info.ozapps, one word, .wordpress.com. Okay. 
or if you'd like to see or know more about my site, it's www.oz-apps.com. Okay. And, um, okay, so what are the other games? Uh, and by the way, you know, uh, you talk about robots, but mm-hmm. don't, don't you feel that one of the experiments you may want to consider is just uh, changing the theme from robots to ninjas or zombies or something else? Kind of like where you talk about the farming game where it was about animals and that kind mm-hmm. of really appealed to kids. So have you thought about experimenting with the, with the theme? Cause you could have the same gameplay, but a different theme that makes it more compelling to most more people. Uh, that is what actually I had started off with saying that uh, the artists could actually make their own themes. Yeah. So in-app purchases, people could buy themes and each theme would not only change the graphics, but also give them a new mini game uh, in there. Okay. And I had some five or six artists who were interested in that. And then finally, I got three people doing it, out of which one I haven't heard from uh, for a long time. And the other two are busy with their own things. So, yes, I mean, it it started off like that. And then I said that ultimately it's come back to if I can do it, it gets done. Otherwise, it doesn't get done. Yeah. Um, okay. What what are the other games that you're looking to release to? Uh no, I'm not sure if I can actually talk about all <laughs> <Sure>. of them <laughs> sure. because some of them are uh, in discussion with somebody uh, who don't want to release or talk about it till uh, it's actually done. Okay. Uh, I can say this one is about, you know, uh, how do you call it? Uh, how do can I give you information without giving away information? <laughs> sure. Well, you can, you can talk. Uh, are there any other games that you can talk about? It's, it's all right if you can't discuss them at this point. Uh, okay. Uh, there is another one which is called, uh, or rather I wouldn't say called, it's a remake of uh, Stifflip. Stifflip was an adventure game in the uh, 8-bit consoles. Yeah. So I'm trying to do a remake of the same. Uh, it's more like you got these four characters and you go into the jungles of South Africa. And yeah. uh, you got to pick up something, uh, you got to collect something and you have to escape. So that's about it. So are, I finished with the graphics. No, sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so I finished with the graphics. Uh, sound, I'm still waiting for, uh, as I said, somebody to get me the sound bits. And uh, the gameplay is like, once I get the graphics kind of settled or organized in my head, I can uh, do that. And what are your thoughts on adventure games on mobile devices? Have you played any adventure games on mobile devices? Uh played so many I don't even know if I actually look at them as a genre and say I'm playing an adventure game uh, well I've tried uh, the monkey uh, secret of the monkey island oh yeah yeah so that would be a kind of a point and click more than an adventure yeah but that's, uh, that's not actually, on mobile is it or is it on mobile I think you also have that on the iPad now oh they do okay uh, I wanted to actually when I say adventure I wanted to actually go back to the console type uh, you know, where you type the text adventures, but then I realized oh, wow. that uh, people, the new generation doesn't like the text-based adventures. Yeah, and typing on the phone may not be fun anyways. Like. <laughs> so, um, the, 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 I mean, I don't want to discuss, but there is an idea behind there where you don't have to type, but you can do certain things, maybe oh, more yeah. collaboratively and stuff. Okay. So, and, um, no, sorry. the other thing I was going to mention is... Um, yeah, I mean, maybe you could use Corona to make a puzzle or physics uh, physics adventure game. 
a physics puzzle adventure game, um, which mm-hmm. you know is a mix of physics, which people seem to like a lot, and adventure mm-hmm. games, which uh, you know even if adventures people don't like adventure games, they do like stories. So mm-hmm. an adventure game gives you the sense of a uh, story. Yep. Um, so uh, you know that's that's one option, but uh, are you any any thoughts for any other types of games that you can discuss at this point or? Uh, yep, there's another one which is QTs, which is the coffee table book. Uh, it's just a concept name given to it at the moment. Yeah. It's more about, uh, as I said, that uh, artists' pictures, and it's more about like widgets on the uh, iOS. Okay. So it's going to be like uh, the widgets. Uh, I know, I mean, you say widgets, Apple doesn't really like the word widgets. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically some kind of, a, it's, it's a character which is there on the screen which uh, interacts with your, uh, what you're doing. And that's what it's about. And so a lot of these games, it's going to be really simple to do them in Corona. Um, so oh, when yes. you... I mean, the concept is all done in Corona. So if you actually look at some of the videos on my blogs, they are concepts yeah. done in Corona. Um, how do you like uh, need, how, how effective or how useful has it been to have a blog discussing the details of your de- mobile development? Has that been useful or is it um, uh, yeah. It has definitely been useful okay. because uh, the people that I'm collaborating with uh, know where I'm at and what's happening. So they kind of get a sense of achievement. Yes, that is exactly how it's going to look. So when they make the graphics or so the next set of graphics, they know exactly how it's going to do, how it's going to go about and um have you been getting comments or feedback from fans or other uh people who use your app uh do they check out your blog does that even help or uh well i would say that i have a small following uh and i do get uh feedback however having said that i would love to have more feedback if that answers your question and um you know, what are other things you're going to do? Uh, you know, this upcoming year now, it's a new year. What are what are new experiments that you want to do? Aside from the, you know, games that you talked about releasing, are there any other types of experiments or directions for your experiments that you want to do, like marketing experiments or new platforms or focus on Android? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yep, there are. Uh, one of the things that I want to look at, uh, I mean, I also have a license for the uh, Windows 7 uh, market now because I can't get uh, Corona to do that as yet. Yeah. So I have to have a different code base for if I want to try something on the Windows mobile market. Yeah, uh, I have access to a lot of Microsoft stuff, but because I shifted to the Mac, uh, Visual Studio was not something that I wanted to get back to. I'm not saying that it's bad because I use it for my uh, enterprise kind of stuff. But for gaming and stuff, the XNA toolkit is really good. So I want to try making something there. And uh, I'm waiting for the new SDK for Connect. That is, again, something amazing. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to be making something uh, really to the uh, types of Dance Central and the kinds. But yes, Connect would be a new uh, thing I would be experimenting with. And um, you know, how has game making these games affected your uh, development of enterprise apps? Um, like has it has it taught you anything different, or uh, do you approach now the development of your uh, enterprise apps in a new way because of your game development experience? Uh, one thing is that uh, changing hats is not easy. <laughs> yeah. Second thing, uh, it teaches me that I have to have my enterprise apps going because I need to pay my bills. Yeah. Well, have <laughs> games. You, 
what sorry, are, go on. Yeah, what are your thoughts on trying to make this a full-time thing? Would you even want to develop games uh, as your primary bread and butter? Or is it just something that you view as kind of a nice hobby anyways? Like, I mean, if uh, no, you had that opportunity, no, no, I, what, what would you do? I mean, if you actually see what, how OzApps, the company, was uh, created, OzApps basically was created for uh, mobile applications and training. Uh, why the two? Because, and I think there would be a new thing there called marketing. Uh, now, why training? Because there is not much training on a one-on-one kind of a thing for a lot of people. And uh, mobile development does not necessarily mean uh, enterprise type of applications only. That also means enterprise and games. And I think that the iPad, I mean, when I got the iPad, I thought the iPad was only for enterprise kind of things because it's a big screen and I can do remote logins and this and that. Yeah. Uh, at the end, we end up actually at the end of the day playing Scrabble. So the <laughs> iPad becomes your board and all the iPhones and iPods become the tile racks. Now, that is amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's another game uh, from, uh, I think that's called The Adventure Kid or something. I just got that yesterday because I saw one of these uh, videos where if you connect the iPad to or the iPhone to a television, the iPad or the iPod becomes your controller and you can actually <laughs> play the game on the television. That is the next level that I want to take on the games. Okay, so that's another interesting experiment that you can do. You know, mm-hmm. have, you, have you looked at also multiplayer uh, adding multiplayer to your game. So you talked about Scrabble. I mean, that's you know asynchronous multiplayer. Is mm-hmm. that something you're going to do or look into with your games? Uh, yes, and that was one of the reasons for looking at OpenFind because OpenFind can give you a turn-by-turn. Uh, I think uh, I should mention this flick driving. Amazing game. I don't know if uh, many of the people who are listening might have really tried it out. Uh, at first, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, this game. Yeah. When I played it, it is amazing. And especially when you play it online, it is simply amazing. Yeah. Oh, you so, know, I think I heard of it where you're kind of challenging other people asynchronously or something like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. It's a race. You just kind of yeah. flick a disc onto this racetrack. <laughs> uh, it's, it, the concept is simple, but it's such a beautiful game. Yeah. And yes, that is exactly what I want. A little more, uh, how do you say, not a single person uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, it's multiplayer. I mean, are you... Are most of the games that you play on um, on your iPhone and iPad, are they multiplayer or are they single player? Now, generally, I prefer the single player. Uh, off late, I'm kind of looking at, because I keep, as I said, I, I get these games to look at what they have done because there's always something somebody's done better. So you yeah. want to see what is it that they've done better. Uh, learning is always expensive. <laughs> Let yeah. me tell you that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's discuss uh, how you break up... Um, you know, development and, and uh, how you handle mobile development. I mean, how much time are you spending on development versus researching new apps versus, um, you know, researching new Training platforms? Whatever, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Versus uh, as I said, marketing, yeah. I am so well organized that I have no idea of how much time I put for what. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> because it, as I said, that this is so much of a passion that whenever I get the time and I sit on it, I kind of... Uh, I make it a point to read every tweet. I have a few followers. I have a few people I follow. I go through the tweets. I go through certain uh, sites every day to know what's happening. Yeah. And, and uh, what, are the, what are those sites? Like Touch Arcade or is it something else? No, 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 no. These are totally different. Uh, okay. Uh, they're not inappropriate. They're appropriate, but uh, they're not necessarily game-related. Okay. Uh, it's more about technology. It's more about what's happening. So I keep my thing on that. 
I also follow a lot of these sites which give you uh, the free apps and stuff. Okay, and uh, can reviews. you name some of these sites? And do you, do you submit your games to those sites? Okay, uh, this is what I was trying to actually say. Uh, one <laughs> is the free app of the day, uh, yeah. which gives you these free apps. Uh, so that's how I have a good repository of apps. Uh, the other one is the App Era, which is really app. good. What is it called? The App, app. Era. The okay. App Era. It's one word. How do you spell? So T H E A P P E R A dot com. Yep, that's right. Okay. Uh, these two sites definitely, and then there are some more which give you, uh, you know, like if something goes down, uh, the prices go down or changes. Oh, yeah, they can yeah. give you. Now, I these are not something that I really follow on a regular basis. Now, the point is that some of these sites. If you want to, uh, as an indie developer, if you want to submit your apps to these sites, one, they do not even reply to your email. Okay. Two, they might actually start saying that, okay, we can do that for a price. So in short, what happens is that it's n not really something that happens. So what I've done is I've actually got a new site now called reviewme.oz underscore, uh, not underscore, hyphen apps.com. So it's reviewme. Yeah. .oz-apps.com yeah. and the idea here is to actually have something like a review for the Mac App Store Okay. and uh, not necessarily just for the Mac app, it's like for anything because it's review me uh, but mostly for Mac apps or iOS apps so it's basically for indie developers who want a place to showcase their stuff and um you know, you mentioned that this uh, making these games is, is a passion for you. Do you see yourself um, turning into a situation where one of your games does become an Angry Birds? I mean, is that is that something that you can that you're looking into, or you're trying to find out experiments to figure out how that even can happen, mm -hmm. or is it going to be more of uh, where, where it's more like okay, it's just a hobby. You know, I do enjoy learning about this stuff, but I'm going to definitely just focus on the enterprise stuff at this point. Uh, no, not really. I think uh, the f first part than the latter. <clears throat> okay. uh, and for not analogy, I would rather want it to become Cut the Rope rather than Angry Birds. <laughs> okay, great. Because I think, no, 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 I mean, I'll tell you why, because yeah. I feel that uh, Cut the Rope appeals not only to adults, but also to the kids. Yeah. Uh, the moment you say om nom, I mean, kids know, yeah, I know om nom. You know, I, I put up on my Facebook something saying, uh, you know, om nom. And then I got these guys saying, hey, my kids love om nom. I like om nom. You know, it's like, it's so synonymous. So om nom is like there. It's a character which, I mean, I think many people wouldn't even care to know what it is, but they know what it is. <laughs> what, what is an om nom? I don't. <laughs> like... uh, om nom is a small little character who actually eats the candy in the game. Okay, gotcha. In Cut the Rope, that small little monster, green monster, is om nom. You know, a lot of kids like the Angry Birds too, right? Like, uh, you know, the bird character, the animal character. You know, that's that's also popular, right? Yes, it is popular, and that's why it has sold a million copies. But then uh, I was talking about my preference that I would want it oh, to yeah, be rather sure. <laughs> cut the rope because cut the rope has this cuteness about the whole gameplay. Yeah. Uh, which, in my opinion, again. Uh, and I mean, again, these guys are both very, very popular uh, yeah. developers. So I wouldn't be, uh, I would be saying too much if I said one is better than the other. But I would personally prefer uh, Cut the Rope. So yes, I mean, if I go to that thing where my game becomes a success and everybody is talking about it, uh, yes, I, I mean that is the whole idea of starting the company because it costs a lot of money to start up and you know pay yeah. for things. Well, what, what experiments are you going to have to do to find out how to get to the point where you 
can reach that level of success? I mean, what are what are things that you're going to have to do differently or that you're going to have to explore to make this happen? I think actually I have a blog uh, entry on one of my uh, blogs, on one of the entries rather, what am I saying? Uh, so I kind of figured out two or three things that actually make a good game. Yeah. Uh, one definitely is the graphics and the sound. Sure. Uh, second is a gameplay or a story, a storyline. So the yeah. most boring of the games can become the most interesting games if it has a storyline to it. Now, I would like to take an example of two games which uh, are there. One is uh, the Cannibalt, if I'm spelling it or saying it right. Uh, the idea is very simple. It's a kind of gray-colored game where you have a character. It just went 25,000 and they've released it open source. So what happens is you just have to run. You just keep running, running, running and jumping over buildings and stuff. Yeah. And they have created something similar, uh, which is, I think, Lionhead or Liongate Studios. They call it I Must Run. Now, this game is a little more in color, and they have made it more like uh, the story of, uh, what was that movie, uh, Nicolas Cage, where he's a Marine, and he actually murders some people, and he's, uh, I think that was the, uh, with Sean Conray. Oh, um, The Rock, right? Like, the Rock, right. Yeah. Okay. So it, it kind of starts on a similar kind of a thing where uh, he's in jail and he ac- accidentally uh, kills the mayor's son. Okay. So the mayor kidnaps his wife and he has to run. He's got 24 hours to reach the mayor and save his wife. Yeah. So what happens is you keep running and running and running and running over rooftops. And then you reach the second stage where you keep running over train tops and then you go over construction sites and whatnot. So it's got a story uh, interwoven in it. So that might be more popular than Cannibal, the original game. Yeah. So it's just about some things like these. And then uh, turn-based. I mean, I think uh, there's a... I think uh, you might be aware of this thing called Steambirds. Yeah, I think you yeah. did a little uh, conversation piece with them too. Yes, I did. Now, yeah. Steambird, I saw it on the same, because they're the same guys who make Cannibalt. So I yeah. saw their site and I played it on uh, the Flash version uh, on their site. I was amazed. I was like, yes, this is a game. But if it was free with ads, I would love it more than paying the $1 because it does get expensive paying $1, $1, $1 for every game you like. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so so you would say the three important aspects for a successful game are graphics and sound, um, gameplay and story, and then finally uh, multiplayer or turn-based mm-hmm. interaction. That's that's what I have come to uh, understand as of now. Yeah. So uh, if there are more, because marketing is not necessarily the only factor. Uh, yeah. Having said that, uh, Hungry Helga was a good example of marketing getting the game going. Yeah. I mean, it does have a storyline and uh, graphics, but the marketing was actually, they kind of hyped it up before the release. Yeah. Uh, and it's well, not really easy doing that. The, the marketing, though, can come in the form of an interesting story. It can come in the form of, you know, the multiplayer aspect, because mm-hmm. if you need another person to play it and you like the game, you're going to tell your friends about it. So exactly. building the marketing into the actual product, I think, is, is a way to kill, like, two or three birds with one stone. And that's... Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, okay, so now you have these ideas for what's a successful game. What are you going, I mean, how are you going to get there? Like what's, I mean, so these four games, are any of those four games going to implement some of the things that you've discussed? Uh, Specifically yep, story. Okay. Yeah, because um, I was talking with someone else about how the, you look at Angry Birds and 
you know, the fact that they have a storyline. If you look at their YouTube video, I mean, it's got over 13 million views. Mm. And it's just an interesting, funny story. Whereas most game developers will just focus on the gameplay video on YouTube. They actually just put out a story. I mean, in mm. addition to a gameplay video. But the story was something unique. Um, are you exactly. gonna, are you going to focus on story much? Or is that... Uh well, I am going to focus on the story uh, because it is going to be an integral and a very important part. Okay. But I'm not sure if I'm going to have a video uh, like uh, Angry Birds or something because yeah. that is another uh, resource which you need yeah. to actually uh, go about. Yeah. Now, if you have like a really good art director or an artist in-house, uh, all that is easy. But when you don't, then it does get difficult trying to create that kind of a story video. Yeah. Um, you know, what other realizations have you had working in the mobile space, mobile game space that would benefit other s smaller developers who are looking to get started or to improve their games? Um, one, which is a kind of a little negative message first, because I'd like to get the negative message out first sure. of the way. Uh, the market is saturated. Yeah. If you can't make something which is the next revolutionary thing, uh, well, you're going to get one or two dollars only. Yeah. If you want to make the money, then you have to focus on the apps which are like 15 to 20 dollars because even if you sell three or four, you've at least got a decent amount of money coming. But having said that, we are focusing on games here at the moment, so let me now bring it down to that. Uh, if a person starts as an indie, the easiest yeah. way to go about is to collaborate because that way you are spreading your risks thinner Yeah. in a sense like you don't have the entire risk on you. So you kind of make some part of it, somebody else makes some part of it. So if it goes good, uh, you get a good share of it. But it, uh, I mean, you get a share of it. But if it doesn't go good, you have not lost much really. You only learned. Yeah. Because it does take a fair amount of time. If you look at a proper development cycle, uh, any game would be about a month or two months. And uh, let's say uh, the cost of living, if you take that into consideration and this was your full-time thing, it's expensive, very expensive. Yeah. Uh, plus, given the cost of startup, which is like getting your systems and stuff, uh, so it's not really easy. And then getting devices to test it out on, you don't want to have, like I had an iPod, which was the first gen or the second gen. It doesn't uh, work anymore because Apple doesn't support it. So, you know, you end up with these kind of things. Uh, my MacBook Pro has uh, doesn't have a small display uh, port. It doesn't have the mini display. It has a display port adapter, the 13-inch, and the 15-inch doesn't have even that. It has the uh, DVI out. Now, my iMac has a mini display port adapter, or it needs one, and I can't really use it because I have to spend 50 to $60 every time I want to get one of these adapters. So when you add things up like these... Yeah. The cost of setting up is really expensive. So you really need to know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and you have to have a passion. You can't be... Uh, I experimented because I had a little bit of money to play around with. Now that I'm trying to look at it as a serious thing, yes. uh, I can't be experimenting. I need this to work for me. You know. So, so if somebody is starting off, they have to be absolutely sure on what they're doing. Yeah. Um. Okay, great. Uh, so any other last words then for game developers out there? Uh, any, yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking about the thing. It's like, uh, don't take my last line so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, game development is fun. 
it's it's something that you want to do it's not about another job because if it's just another job that you want to do then you're better off doing uh, working for somebody in 9 to 5 or whatever yeah. uh, i think most of the people are into game development because they want to do something they want to show something that's their portfolio so do it with a passion and yeah. i'm sure that uh, whoever does it is going to do good trainyard was just an indie developer yeah but that's it it just worked uh what are your favorite games on iphone then um and yeah what are your what are the f- games that you play the most at this point uh quickly on the top of my head yeah uh pocket god is something that i keep following uh, regularly okay uh, and, and another they do, one and they do weekly no, updates right so uh not really weekly but they do have uh, frequent updates yes yeah okay uh the other one which uh, recently i have been uh, stuck on stuck on in the sense like i'm kind of on it regularly is tiny chef Uh, okay. because i kind of uh, looking at I, w- i was stuck on farmville for a very long time and i realized that why did i waste so many hours of my life on farmville yeah i would click on every little square about five times first to you know kind of uh, harvest it and then to pl- uh, plow it and then to sow it and then again to do something so it's like i don't know why i wasted so many hours of my life uh, tiny chef is similar but i don't have to do so many things but that is the kind of games which i think is going to be the new genre people yeah. want something uh, where they can uh, switch it off come back pocket god yeah. uh, or pocket god finger pocket finger finger god <laughs> why am i getting confused i love it so much and i'm not getting the name <laughs> is it is it uh, pocket heroes or no 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 it's a okay. finger god i think okay god finger oh yeah god, god finger yeah uh it was a brilliant game when it came out Yeah. and uh, i was regularly following it uh, my goal used to turn to rust because i would forget going uh, and collecting it <laughs> but then at one point you know they make it so difficult that you kind of uh, lose the game saying no nah, i'm not going to spend money on it and i'm not getting the entertainment value out of it so are you going so do you play any of those mmos on your iphone like uh, empire story and bakery story and restaurant story and farm story and not like and i mean tiny chef is kind of similar yeah, uh, that's yeah, the definitely. only thing i'm playing okay uh, that's because uh, at home we had a competition between uh, all of us here is like who's going to reach the level <laughs> so i mean because of the competition we had amongst ourselves it's kind of there otherwise, yeah, uh, otherwise. that's not what i would be spending my time on and um so once again for the audience out there where can they find out more information about your apps and uh you know maybe follow your blog or find out when you're going to release more games okay uh on twitter you can follow us at uh, oz apps one word without hyphen or anything o z a p p s on the uh net our website is www.oz-apps.com okay and the blog is blog. ozapps.com and if you want to see if you, if you're an indie developer and you want your game to be uh, reviewed and you want a space where uh, rather than you talk about it on your own uh, blog or app you want somebody else to talk about it uh, you can send an email to review me at oz-app.com or go to review me.oz-apps.com so it's the same like you can go there uh and uh, you can find me on the corona forums if you are a corona developer and you are stuck i'm not saying i'm a guru in corona but i can sure. help where i can and uh yeah you can find me on skype <laughs> uh, i'm going to start a new different one called ozaps on skype if i can find that uh, handle 
Right. Uh, because I don't want to mix up my personal one with the Oz apps. Sure. <laughs> and uh, uh, if you bump into me in Australia, shout out Oz apps. Maybe if uh, <laughs> it's me, I'll say hi to you. <laughs> Great. And then um, they can they can search on iPhone on the App Store or Android Market for RoboRun. Uh, yep, they can search for RoboRun, or if they want to look at all my apps that I have on uh, the iPhone, uh, they can search for Jayant C. Varma. Okay, how uh, do you spell that? It's Jayant, J-A-Y. Okay. A-N-T, Jayant, C, and Varma, V-A-R-M-A. Great. So it'll actually give you uh, all the apps that I have. I have, I think, about eight or ten apps. Uh, there were some really interesting stories about uh, if I still have some time that I can talk about. I love talking. You might sure. have seen that. Sure. <laughs> Uh, is I made an app. Uh, this is something which is totally localized and which kind of uh, gets me infuriated. I made a small app which was a kind of timetable for uh, a local service here in uh, the city. And it is a ferry service. So it was just the timetables for their ferry services. Yeah. I don't get it. These guys are either so uh, blockheaded or they are, I don't know what they were. They called me, invited me to their office and said, we'd like to talk to you and see if we can develop it further and stuff. Uh, they got me to quote them. I said, I'm giving it to you for free. This is what I'm giving you for free. If you want more things, then of course, it'll come at a price. And uh, they said, okay, give me a quote. I gave them a quote and everything. And they sent me a letter saying that you have used our logo and our information without our information. So we request you to cease and desist the app or we might have to go with... Uh, legal proceedings so I mean if you're an indie developer please take care there are uh, I don't know if I can use the word idiots like those which exist I mean they were getting yeah. free publicity people were getting a service so I don't know what to say about that um, you know are, are smartphones a big thing in Australia are, are a lot of people migrating to that or do people still have normal phones there uh, no I mean, Australian market is a very savvy market. Yeah. In fact, uh, even before the uh, iPhone 4 was released in Australia, there were a couple of people who actually got them from the UK market or the US market yeah. because they got the unlocked phones from the UK market as such. So, I mean, the Australians are really savvy because Australians are uh, Australians by nationality, but they are uh, the global... It's a global uh, village, if I may call it in a simple word. Sure. So they do they do go with the latest. Uh, they do spend a lot on technology. Uh, unfortunately, they also pay a lot of uh, technology tax because we have to pay a lot more to buy stuff here. <laughs> yeah, but they do keep to the uh, latest for okay. sure. So so smartphones will be a bigger uh, a bigger trend in Australia too, even uh, even is, though it, it's more expensive. Uh, it is actually. If you look at uh, again companies like I think Firemint is a Australian yeah. company. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think Fruit Ninja, which is the Half Brick <laughs> Studios, is an Australian uh, company again. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, I may be wrong, but I think that is right because, I mean, there are a couple no, of these right, companies, right. Australian companies that have made it big. Uh, and uh, that's about it. I mean, Australia is a market, uh, a small market because the population might only be about 21, 22 million. Yeah. But uh, a lot of uh, things that you can get in there. Okay. Uh, great. You know, thanks again for your time and letting uh, listeners know about uh, the opportunities and the challenges of uh, mobile game development. Mm -hmm. Great. And if thanks. anybody would want to get in touch and uh, maybe have feedback on this, uh, you yeah. can try info.ozapps at gmail.com. I think you'll put that up on the uh, 
at the end of the transcript so they can sure. actually email me and talk and ask me if they have any other questions yeah. and uh, if luck be we can have uh, a follow up conversation on how it all went maybe after a while yeah yeah after your after your uh, next set of apps come out it'd be awesome to talk about that and uh, yeah the how, new how learnings. they went. yeah definitely <laughs> okay um, i hope sure. to talk thank to you thank you so soon. much yep yep take care thank you bye bye